everyone. Welcome to the Where If You Take You podcast. I am Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two boys, and coach at Where If You Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. We are back this week with a very, very special guest, Lauren Ryan. Lauren is a Where If You Take You athlete, and she most recently finished Ironman Chattanooga about two weeks ago now and came in sixth in her age group. And qualified for the where you take, not where if you take you, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. Wish it was my, my world championships, but it's not, uh, for the, <laughs> for the Nice world championships next year in 2024. She is the mom to three boys and a business owner, triathlete, and I'm just all around amazing, amazing person. I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story, um, because I've been working with Lauren for, uh, a couple of years now and just watching her grow from kind of being uncertain about her trajectory in triathlon, but having this curiosity of, I think I can do more in it and watching her really embody that curiosity this year. Um, and just seeing what it has done for her is, has just been like, gives me goosebumps and has been amazing to watch and amazing being, I've been honored to be a part of it. So I'm excited for you guys to hear her story and kind of chat with her on triathlon life and everything in between. So welcome, Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay, I know. So like like within seconds of you crossing the finish line, I was like, yes, I want to share her story. Everybody needs to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. I didn't even know how I did until my sister-in-law pulled it up and she was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, wow, okay. This is re- this could really be happening. <laughs> did you know that you were first out of the water for your age group? I had no idea. Yeah. First out no. of the water. For your age group. How amazing is that? I was so excited. I mean, the water, like the swim itself was just so amazing. But t- I looked at my watch when I got out and I was like, okay, that was like a really good swim. And then, yeah, until I got back to the car, once it was all said and done, I was like, oh my gosh, first that, that I, I was floored. I was excited. Yeah. It was so fun. I was wa- got to watch from the tracker. Um, and uh, since I was racing Augusta, I was on East Coast. It was awesome because I was actually able to kind of pay attention in time, which was really nice versus it being weird times of the day. So um, it was, right. I remember, I think I even sent you a couple of text messages that I knew you were not going to yeah. get, but maybe you would see later. <laughs> Um, cause sometimes yeah. when, when I'm watching my athletes, like, I wish I had this ability to like yell at them through their phone or something like that so that they could hear me. Cause I get, I'm like, totally. oh, she's doing it. She's, she's hanging on the top five, top six. She's got it. She's got it. Um, so that yeah. was really exciting. Um, uh, but let's just walk through the race a little bit here. Talk me through the day. How, how, how'd it feel? Yeah. How'd things go? Let's just walk through the day here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the morning, like getting ready was great. Um, I had written down everything from our conversation earlier in the week, just a lot of the positive statements to try to get my head Mm -hmm. in the right space. So I left for, you know, the, to get to, or, uh, yeah, transition, I guess, um, by like 530 swim didn't start till 730. So it was, that was a long two hours waiting for the swim. Yeah. late. It, well, the, the, sun, the sun wasn't up yet. That's no, the, I think, you know, with the river and getting it, all the athletes yeah. to and from, because it's, since it's downriver, it was, you know, a two and a half mile bus ride. Point um, to point, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I went into it feeling 
really good. I felt really positive. I was just kind of ready for whatever the day was going to bring. Um, I have a Garmin watch and it sends me like a little message. And it was like the message that morning was whatever the day brings, you'll be ready. And I was like, okay, thanks Garmin. (laughs) I needed that. Um, but yeah, so swim start was great. It was wetsuit legal. Um, the water was literally 76.1 degrees. So had it been any higher, it wouldn't have been. Um, and the water was super warm. So probably could have done without it, but Nonetheless, I felt great in the water. I used, you know, the phrase that you've given me over the years of um, smooth is strong. And I just remember like, just stay focused. Don't worry about anything else. And I just kind of went for it. Um, And I would, like I said, I was surprised. I've never done a downriver swim. So I had no idea with the current and it was just like, it was great. Yeah. (laughs) I loved it. It feels so easy. (laughs) It did. It did. It felt so easy. Just makes everything um, yeah. feel so much more effortless. It's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a nice smooth start to, you know, get the day rolling. Um, but yeah, I mean, transition was fine. Like, got ready, got on my bike. Um, again, kind of like honed in on what you had shared with me about the course. So like those first 10 miles, the roads are not the greatest. And so I just kind of just got myself ready. I got my um, nutrition, kind of all that stuff just squared away in my head. Um, for the, I had a bike computer and I had two things on there. It was cadence and just the overall time. So I knew when to take my salt, everything else was left to the wayside. Um, cause otherwise I get way too in my head. Um, and yeah, I mean, the course itself was so beautiful. Like it's hard to hate what you're doing when you're in the countryside of Georgia, <laughs> you know, you're going up and down. It was so beautiful. Um, and my favorite. One of my favorite bike courses. Just yeah. Really love it. Really love it. Once you get out there, the roads are smooth and you're right. It's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. And I think that was part of it too, is like the roads were so nice that it really was just for me who feels like not a, a very strong biker. It was just really nice to have really smooth roads, like not feeling like I need to like move around to avoid things and, and all of that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the bike itself felt a little bit uneventful as far as like, I felt really prepared the training that I did going into it. Um, you know, being out in Bozeman in the mountains, I was like, okay, I just really want to be prepared for, you know, the, for the elevation gain out there. And I was, um, and yeah, so it wasn't until mile 110 that I got a flat tire, my first flat tire ever. So I was in a hot panic when it happened. Um, But honestly, like, again, it was just one of those things. I fixed it, you know, first time and Mm -hmm. had a bunch of people around me being like, do you need help? And I was like, I'm not really sure, but we're going to see what happens. Um, And yeah, so it was great. Um, I feel like after the fact, in the moment, I was so pissed because I just really wanted to come in under six hours and 40 minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, that was a goal. I can't, I think it was like 645. So without the flat tire, I'm confident that I would have hit that goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I felt good about nutrition, like all of it. So once I got in there, I was like, once I got into transition to get ready for the run, I was just ready to like make up some time and just get moving. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, stuck to the plan. I ran 
and then to, you know, uh, and walked through each of the aid stations, stayed on point with my nutrition. And the goal, like we had set before was to just run absolutely as much as I could. And I was really surprised with how strong and consistent I felt in the run. So again, times weren't the greatest. I decided not to look at my watch. Um, No good was going to come from that. And so, you know, each mile, I just kept feeling like, oh, I can absolutely run this whole mile versus previous races where it was like, I can run about 20 feet and then I need to stop. And I think it was at like mile 18 that I did look at my watch just to see like overall time. And I realized that I was going to be able to break 13 hours if I just kept doing what I was doing, which for me is huge. And then I saw my parents and my sister-in-law who came with me down there um, at mile 20. And I told them, I was like, I'm going to break 13 hours. And they erupted in you know cheers and everyone else around them who was watching me um, or watching all of us, I guess. So yeah, it was just really cool. And then as I you know got closer to the finish line, I realized that it was going to be under 12 and a half hours and I just started crying. So, oh, I'm getting goosebumps here. <laughs> Listening to you talk. Oh my gosh. It was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could cry for a second. Oh. Well, I might at some point. Collect myself here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's just so me because I know those were big goals that we've had for a while, right? Yeah. For you and to be able Mm -hmm. to accomplish them on a very, on a challenging course. Yes, this, the swim is fast for this, but other than that, this is a challenging course. It's it's 116 miles. So for those of you that yeah. are, maybe are not totally know the 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 full the full Ironman distance or the full long course distance, a a, a full Ironman distance race or a full long course race is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and then a marathon. But this race, Ironman Chattanooga, has a long bike. It's 116 miles, and let me tell you. There is a difference between 112 and 116 miles. And I bet Lauren can attest to that here. (laughs) Yes, there is. (laughs) So to be able to do do 116 miles with a flat tire in six hours, 45 is with the type of elevation gain that there is at this race is, 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 um, amazing. Um, you know, one of the things that we really worked on for this race is so, um, you did, you did, uh, Arizona back in 20. Mm -hmm. 22. Uh, talk to me a little bit about kind of how this race was, because it was, it was so much different for, for you from a performance standpoint, an execution standpoint, a focus standpoint, a confidence standpoint, like well, the list goes yeah. on and on. This race was astronomically different. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. How was it different? Um, what changes did you make, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just now that I'm done with both of those, like they, it feels like I can't even like compare the two. Um, the thing I think that changed the most was one, my one, the biking, you know, I mean, you worked really hard with me over the the winter and, you know, I mean, really throughout, but just to get stronger and more confident on the bike. Um, I found a couple really good routes out here that have a lot of elevation gain. It's a lot of just like grinding it out where you're like in those really kind of like baby gears and you just have to suffer. Um, And, you know, we have a lot of wind out here too. So it was like headwind, which in Arizona, that was a thing that really just threw me off. I didn't get my nutrition in. I just 
I let the wind take over and it just like totally, it just totally messed up my race. Um, but yeah, so I, I really focused on that. And, you know, I think a couple of the other things I, I worked really hard this time around getting through some really, I guess I call them like powerful experiences. I had just a couple sessions and experiences this past year that have really like forced me to either grow and become more confident or to stay stuck. And I didn't, I guess like, I don't even know if it was like a conscious shift, but like, I just didn't want to be stuck anymore. I had you telling me I could do it. I have a ton of people in my life telling me I could do it. And at some point, I guess I just sort of leaned into it and was like, if everyone else thinks I can do it, maybe I, maybe I really can. And I had that 100 mile ride that I came in under six hours. And for me, you know, that was like, that I think was really key for me to start to believe. Well, that's not fair. Like to fully believe, I think I'd say Mm -hmm. that like, oh, there's something to this. Like, I'm not just sitting here not getting better. Like, I feel like it was just a powerful moment to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked a lot this year on this idea of it it was time for you to make it have to make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. There was a choice that you had to make. It was time to because, you, you know, we kept telling you, you were, you were there and I knew it. I could see it. You're there. The only thing, right? And I think it was even one, we had a conversation, um, like almost like six months ago, you're like, do I need, I need to do more training? Do I need to start strength training? Yeah. Do I need, I need to run more. I need to bike more. And I said, well, maybe, but what you actually need to do is make a choice to believe that you can do it first. Yeah. And until you can do that, You'll ne- you're never going to actually absorb any of the stuff that we're doing because we're just going to put too much fatigue into your system. Um, right. And you, it was kind of from that moment on, I started noticing a change within you. It was like a choice that you decided to make of, okay, I- I'm going to focus on what I'm doing now and not think about, hey, what else do I need to be doing? Um, yeah. And what was it was it exactly that cuz sometimes it is some you know sometimes it is just a straight up hey nope I'm done I'm making a choice I know that's how it was for me a long time ago I literally woke up one morning and I said I am done with this I I'm done not believing in myself I'm done feeling this way um but sometimes there's other pieces involved for you what do you think was maybe the kind of key flip that switched in focusing on a little bit more confidence in yourself Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely part of that. Like I, you know, we had that, we had that phone call, I think it was like the two hour um, Mm -hmm. phone call. And it was like taking away like the affirmations and writing those down and just believe it, like believe what you're writing down, just keep doing it. Um, So there's that, you know, I think part of it too, though, was, I mean, I do have three kids I mean, my life is like absolutely not similar, you know, to yours mm-hmm. where it's like just never stops. I wanted my kids to be able to see that we can do really hard things and we can be really proud of ourselves and like we can believe in mm-hmm. ourselves. And so I think, you know, coming home from some of these these workouts and things, my kids would be so excited and they'd be like, oh my gosh, mom, you're home. And I wanted to just be home and excited with them and not be like, ugh, that sucked. Or like, oh, I can't do it. It was more like, no, like I just crushed that workout, whatever it was, however it went. And I think when you do that enough, it just kind of sticks. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did just do that. 
And I will say too, like my husband's been, I mean, my biggest cheerleader, he came into my life right as I started doing half Ironman. So he's just like, he just goes along for the ride and he's great. But he continues to remind me like how much work and dedication and all, you know, that we put into this sport. And he's like, it's so amazing to watch you do this. And again, it's like, I think I've been told that so many times that I've just decided like, I have to start believing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, I love how you really included the fact that you want to show your kids that this is right. This is a powerful thing that I'm doing and Mm -hmm. it can be powerful for you. And I think like, I know for me that my kids don't care if it went bad. They think what I do is cool. And I'm like, they don't, they don't know the difference. (laughs) Yeah. They think it's amazing. Um, but let's kind of talk about that a little bit because, you know, you do have three kids and young kids. Um, mm-hmm. I forget. They're close to similar ages as mine because um, you have twins and then one. So three boys. Yeah. Um, three boys. How is that balancing act? Um, I know we work, you know, we work together with it through through communication of scheduling. But just, yeah, walk us through that because I know a lot of listeners here are moms. Um, and yeah. they are. You know, moms have big goals and you're allowed to have big goals. And I think that's an important piece that you're showing too, is that I'm a mom, but I have big goals mm-hmm. for myself. Um, so how's that balancing all that together? Yeah. I mean, I think balance changes day to day. Um, <laughs> or or is not something that doesn't exist. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah, it, dep- it depends on the week. There are plenty of weeks where it was like, just do the best you can, you know, and I think that's something I really appreciate working with you is like, we just, we work with what we have and life and, you know, kids get sick or you oversleep or whatever. But, um, you know, I, we have a pretty good routine, my husband and I, as far as like, you know, he has some mornings to do his stuff. I have mornings to do my stuff. Um, you know, but I mean, I'm up super early half the time my kids meet me in the basement and I'm finishing up on the trainer treadmill, whatever. And I just, I utilize my days, I think, well, as far as like, I'm pretty planned out. So I have blocks of time and I have the opportunity to use that block of time. Um, And, you know, I just kind of go for it. I have, so I I work part-time. So I have two days off during the week and my kids do go to daycare. So weekdays, those two weekdays, I try to do my longer workouts so that I'm home with my kids on the weekends or as a family, we get to go do stuff. And, you know, I'm not like, okay, see, I'll be back in 10 hours. Cause that's, that's not what I'm looking to do. Um, but again, I think part of that too, is I, I always used to be a part of the mindset of like, well, if I didn't hit every single workout, if you know, one of them was bad, or, you know, if a kid got sick, I'd get so frustrated. Cause I'm like, well, I have to do this. And again, like in the last year, I've leaned in more to what you, t- you know, what you promote of just like life happens workouts are going to happen and then they're not or maybe you get one of the two or whatever it is and moving and doing something is better than not doing anything and I think that I've just allowed myself to be in that space and it relieves a lot of pressure which again like helps the confidence because I'm not sitting here being like well now you're gonna suck at this race because you missed two sessions like You know, it just, it takes the pressure off. Yeah, really focusing on, like what you said, doing the best that you can in the moment Mm -hmm. for that moment, what it is. Um, And that can be really freeing and Mm -hmm. and really help 
across the board so that you can stay present within the space that you're in because that's all we can ever do. And I think yeah. that's kind of a good segue here because one of the things we really have worked a lot with you on is kind of staying present and and not getting caught up in numbers from mm-hmm. the sense that you know numbers are good and they're important, but they are not the end-all be-all. And oftentimes when you get really caught up in your numbers, you actually can self-sabotage. And mm-hmm. so we really focused on trying to get you to kind of lean into the numbers, like let go a little bit of, yeah. or I guess lean into letting go, do the best you can and not focus on them. Um, what helped the most with that? I know you said you mentioned you didn't put it on, didn't, we had you not put it on your computer. Um, yeah. Was there things that you focused on instead? Um, kind of talk to me, talk to us a little bit about how you leaned into that a little bit more of being able to let go of some of those pieces. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, over the like last two years, I've just learned that numbers are really no good for me because um, I do. I just they are get not in my head. <laughs> yeah, they just they do. They just if totally I, if derail. I could have Lauren train, if I could have Lauren train with absolutely nothing <laughs> besides uh, like right, maybe just get feeling. on the bike. I don't know, just feeling. Then I would. <laughs> oh man, if I wouldn't get lost, I probably would. She, yes, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I need my GPS, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think at some point, again, there was this shift of like, it does well, actually, now that we're saying this, a lot of the workouts that we did, they were, um, it was like endurance, or it was, there wasn't like a, a, a goal range, so to speak. Um, and I think that that really helped me lean into just listening to my body and just like seeing what would happen. Um you know, I feel like growing up as a swimmer, I've always just been so focused on time. And like, you have this amount of time, like you just constantly like, it's all about how fast you can go. Um, And so for the race on the bike, I just, you and I have talked so much about this, but it's like, numbers don't do me any good. And the goal was to focus on my cadence. And I really do need that computer to show me where my cadence is at, because otherwise, I think I'm fine. And I'm totally not. So having that and just having like the overall like time just kind of clock going was all I needed. Everything else, power, all of that is just not helpful for me because I have this like idea of where it's supposed to be, but I don't take into account the elements around me and then I just get frustrated. Um, And what's interesting, I was just thinking about this the other day is like when you, when I was able to be present in the bike, I was like able to actually listen like everyone else was shifting their gears when I was everyone else was like you know I was biking just like everybody else yeah but like in Arizona and even in my previous Ironmans too I'm a really I'm a fast swimmer so I'm out of the water pretty quick but then I have all of these just like powerhouse people just passing me on the bike so the first loop of every bike course I am just getting passed left and right and this time around like I didn't get past that much. I was like, really, I was paying attention. I mean, you know, like within reason, but I was really, that was, I think a really powerful moment for me too. I was like, oh, I totally belong here. Like I did the work to be here. Um, So that was really cool. But then on the run too, like, like I said, I didn't look at my watch. Um, Usually I do. So I know mile by mile, but again, like Arizona, I learned that that does not, that doesn't do me any good. Because if I have to walk or when I start to slow down or when there's a hill or whatever, I just get in my head and I just watch the miles get like, you know, slower and slower and slower where this time 
again, I just went off feeling. And if I could run, I just ran. And uh, you know, when I looked back at everything, I was like, oh, they were actually pretty consistent. Very consistent. You know, that like 10 to 13 mark and then, you know, 23 to 26, that was just like all uphill and just miserable on that course. So there was just a lot of walking, but I'd pick, mm-hmm. you know, a landmark and walk to that and then start running. And again, like the numbers just didn't matter at that point because it was just like, I felt good and I wanted to keep going. And it was, it was a, it really feels like a crazy shift because I'm so powered, power number driven that I was like, oh, that was such a relief. Yeah. Learning to listen to your body and learning how to execute, not execute, but learning how to just race is Mm -hmm. really, really powerful. And I think it's something a lot of amateurs and a lot of age groupers miss is because it's easy to put numbers behind something and use numbers to help kind of gauge where you're at. But when you focus solely on those numbers, you miss a lot of you. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you are the only person out there. You're the most important piece. Um, And if you are right. And so you have to be the one kind of focusing on, you know, those pieces. Um, For sure. And I think that's a really, was just a huge piece, a huge thing for you. And I think it's one of the reasons that you were able to kind of execute the day um, that you did. Uh, you mentioned, you kind of s- spoke to something that I really wanted to talk about with you. Um, and we've kind of touched on a little bit. And, you know, a lot of times when we talk mindset or mental performance or confidence, a lot of the the, the theories and that we work through, they're a lot of the same. So you may feel like you're repeating yourself, but I think this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, is you said something along the lines, you realized out there on the bike, you're like, oh, I belong here. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, like, we talked about at the beginning of the year where you're kind of going through this metamorphosis of, well, I just used to just race to race. Mm-hmm. But now I think I have an idea of I want to race to compete and to belong mm-hmm. and to feel like I deserve to be there. And, um, and so that's kind of a big focus that we had all year was getting you to yeah. one believe that. But it sounds like it kind of clicked a little bit on the bike. And mm-hmm. like you said, you finally said those words, like, I belong here because you do. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that kind of realization and maybe even that metamorphosis a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I remember us talking about it of just like, I wanted to learn how to compete. You know, when I started all this, the ultimate goal had always been, oh, I want to go to Kona. And it was like, yeah, okay, that's like a a total pipe dream of like, that's never going to happen, but whatever. And so I just kind of always went out there to just do it and always felt really small, I think would be the way I'd put it, right? I just never felt like I knew what I was doing or where I was going or what what have you. And again, I think Arizona, I, I wanted that to be the race. Like I wanted that to be this like breakthrough where I was able to to show myself that I, I belonged. And that was not the race. It, it, it did the opposite, which again, I got, Mm -hmm. I got in my own way, but this time around, like going into Chattanooga, I just, I, it felt different. Like I wasn't, I was excited, nervous, but I wasn't this like panicked, nervous. Again, I think I just felt really ready. I think I was able to really channel that I was trusting my training. I was trusting that you said I'm ready. I was out there doing all these, you know, these sessions I had this like total support team behind me, like, I have to be ready to go. And yeah, I mean, like I said, on the bike, 
once I started to really pay attention, it was like, oh, like I'm totally keeping up. I had to stop a couple of times because my back was just bugging me. And that's when people would pass me. You know, it wasn't just this like constant stream of people. And I think truly that's what I needed was to be able to be like, okay, like I'm keeping up with these people. I'm, I'm a part of these packs of people, you know, and I think the same went for the run too, where it was like, again, Arizona, just the run didn't go well because I didn't get my nutrition in on the bike. So no surprise, but I was the one out there you know, being able to cheer people on as we were running versus people like coming up behind me and being like, keep going. And I was like, oh, stop passing me. (laughs) Stop it. Thank you. And stop it. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, and so it was, it's not all about passing people by any means. But for me, I think it was important to be able to put myself with those people and realize that like, I've worked my butt off to get here. I've made a lot of sacrifices. My family and friends have made sacrifices. Like they're all on the tracker following me. Like my sister-in-law and my parents were like in tears half the race because they were just so excited. And, you know, and so it was up to me to start to be like, yeah, you do belong here. Like there's no reason that you don't. Yeah. And so I think I was just ready to, to let that sink in. Oh, yeah. And just allow that to become a part of you. And it's amazing what that'll do. Um, Crossing the finish line. How'd that feel? Oh, man. It was amazing. I feel like crossing every finish line at an Ironman, even a 70.3, like, oh my gosh. You just like, it's so cool. I just, I remember as I was turning the corner to go, you know, go into the shoot, I was already starting to cry. So I like couldn't breathe. So when I look back at all of the photos, my face is all weird because I'm trying to breathe and cry and be excited all at the same time. But I mean, when I crossed the finish line and achieved what I went out there to achieve, like I, I was just so proud. I couldn't stop smiling. I was just so excited. And, you know, at that point, I didn't know anything else about my placement or, you know, anything that I was just so stoked that. I went out there and achieved what I set what I set up and I didn't let myself beat myself up at any point like if I had a negative thought like you told me you have 60 seconds and it was like you got 60 seconds say what you need to say and like we're going to move on and it really did like it just it sunk in and I was so I was just so excited and so proud of myself that I did that yeah and you should be because it was amazing and it was fun to watch thank you um Awesome. I want to rewind the clock just a tiny bit here because we've talked a lot about, about like the present to you, but um, mm-hmm. it's always fun to kind of hear how everybody, you know, got their start in triathlon. Like what brought you to the sport in general? For sure. Um, so I grew up as a swimmer competitively um, all through high school and the college that I went to didn't have a pool. So I took up running um, and did all sorts of races. And then I want to say it was two. 2007, maybe I did my first local triathlon. I was like, well, I own a bike. I'm sure it can't be that hard. And, you know, for the sprint try, it wasn't. So that was great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And yeah, from there, I remember, I can't remember when it was, but I was sitting with my dad watching Kona on TV. And he just very like nonchalantly was like, you could do that. And I was like, yeah, I can. And 
I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, after that, and she was like, well, when are you going to do it? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, that's just like a dream. And so she signed me up for my first half Ironman. She's like, well, we're just going to go do it together. And I was like, oh, okay. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. So she gets a lot of credit. She was the one who really was like, no, if this is a goal of yours, like, we'll just get you to Kona. Like, we're just going to go. And then we started. And Mm -hmm. once it started, it was, you know, I, I... I don't ever want to stop. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's easy to get really hooked to the sport. And there's just so you always are learning you kind of about yourself um, through yeah. it. And, you know, for me, that's always been, you know, a big piece of it that is, is you know, so exciting. Um, mm-hmm. So you've had, you know, Kona or world championship has been on the radar for that dream has been there for a long time. You have now mm-hmm. qualified. It How still do you doesn't feel, feel real. It? No, it still yeah. doesn't feel real. <laughs> it's so uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's the coolest. And it is. It's It's always been the dream. Um, you know, I just always thought it was just such a cool venue and being with the best of the best. Um, and I, you know, when we, when we saw the results, I looked at my parents because we had a 10, 11 hour drive ahead of us on Monday. And I looked at my mom and I was like, I know you wanted to leave at 730, but could we wait till like 1030? Could we go to the breakfast? And like, let's just see what happens. Um, You know, and my parents just kept being like, I don't know, like, yeah, like, of course, we'll go. And they're like, we just like, let's wait and see. We don't know. And as they were going through the different age groups, you know, there was 10 spots, 11 spots, 12 spots, whatever it was. And then they got to my age group and they were like, there are six spots. And my parents just turned to me and it was just like, oh my gosh, like we're going to France. Like, I, you know, and so, yeah, it was just the coolest moment. And I called my husband right away. I was like, so we're going. And he was floored and excited and he's like, well, that's good because I was looking at flights the night before already. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> he was like so stoked. He's like, we're going to figure it out. So yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's a dream come true. And it's really cool to be, you know, thinking about being a part of an all women's event in a brand new place. Like, it's just, I, I mean, I feel like it just hasn't even like settled in yet. Like I get these waves of how excited I am and I'm like, oh, that can't be real. <laughs> totally so. is real. Yeah. Oh. oh, I love that story. And I love how your parents, you know, my parents have always been a huge part of my like journey in it too. And so when I hear that, that always kind of just brings a lot to it. And I think that's really yeah. exciting. Um, and I know you're really excited. I think that's a cool piece. Like um, what your thoughts on, you know, the fact that it is an all women's field that you get to be a part of. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, I think it's so cool. I, I've never really, I mean, I've never been a part of anything like that, like just all women. And so to, to be able to go out there and just be surrounded by such powerful, inspirational, fabulous people, you know, women in particular, like, it's just going to be, it's just going to be the coolest experience, like show up there and just absorb all of that. You know, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't even imagine what that's going to feel like. But I think it's really exciting to get to be a part of that. Yeah. I love that. I like how you put that too, is that that there's that energy that comes from putting together a group of women that are 
you know, so strong and so empowered and there's not enough of that in the world. And when Mm -hmm. you do put that big of a group of women together, it's like, look out world. This is what we can do. (laughs) And you to get to be a part of it is really exciting. Um, I know what we've got, you know, the Kona world championships are coming up here Mm -hmm. and I think that'll be really fun to watch. Um, totally. It's literally like one of the strongest fields of women that I think has ever been assembled. And it's going to be really exciting to watch. I know. I can't um, wait to watch that. I know. I think it's going to be really cool. And it's just it's such a dynamic group of women, too, of like different pieces, um, kind of from a lot of different backgrounds. You kind of have the newer age, you know, kind of some of the newer women that are kind of coming up into the Ironman distance. Then you still got people like Lucy Charles and Daniela Reef, who and Annie Haug, who have been in there forever. And um, yeah. yeah, it'll be really cool to see. Um, Awesome. Well, one of the things, you know, we're, we talked a lot about mindset here. That was one of the big things that I really wanted to kind of chat with you about. But um, because I think that's a big piece that, again, has really been the biggest change for you. So what yeah. would you recommend or not recommend, but what would be your number one advice to someone who maybe is dealing with some of the same pieces that you were dealing with um, that you could give, you know, give to our listeners um, that you'd say, hey, you know, this is what helped. What would be your number one advice? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing is you got to trust yourself. Like, I, you know, you did that podcast a couple weeks ago about like betting on yourself. And mm-hmm. that really resonated where it's like, this is my goal. This is my dream. Yes, I have a ton of people helping me, you know, make it possible. But I'm the one that's going to do this. And so I think it's, you know, for me, it was writing down the same thing over and over again, that I was going to, you know, hit a sub 13 hour, whatever, I was going to run a four hour marathon, whatever it is. And, you know, and it's just truly allowing yourself the space to believe it. And Mm -hmm. it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of redirection. um, Where it's like, if I say I can't, then it's coming back and saying, yeah, I can. And, and being, you used the word earlier, and we've talked about this before, but like being really curious, like, well, okay, if I feel like I can't, like, but why? Mm -hmm. And that really helped too, where it's like, I don't have to necessarily like flip the script and be like, I totally can, but it's like, okay, but why can't I do that right now? Um, You know, so it is, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like letting people help and hold you and, and tell you, you can do it. And then it's also like taking all of that and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the biggest thing is if you have a goal, you can do it. It's not that it's not going to be hard and suck sometimes, but yeah. if you want it, you can do it. You just have to believe in yourself. And I mean, I've got post-its and, and things all over my house. So if, yep. if that helps anybody, <laughs> it's a good way to do it. <laughs> Right. It keeps it in front. It keeps it in front. It keeps it front and yeah. center so that you're constantly seeing it. And you see that and you can't help but read it. And then your brain's going to comprehend it and then it's going to filter for it. Right. That's yeah. a big piece of why doing this is so important is because our brain will then filter for what we're telling it. So if you're telling it, I suck, well, it's going to filter for all the reasons why you suck. But if you constantly right. are filtering for curiosity and filtering for reasons why, well, maybe I can, just because I'm not doing it right now, well, why can't I? Why, why, how, how can I get there? Your brain is going to start looking for all those reasons. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I, I think that was a big, big shift for you that I saw was this, this, this change from, well, I can't do this. So I'm just can't do it mm-hmm. to that curiosity. Like you said that, okay, well I can't right now, but I'm going to be intentional about trying. I'm going to be intentional mm-hmm. about redirecting my focus. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to be intentional about being curious of who I am as an athlete and what that looks like. And that was the biggest shift mm-hmm. I saw for you this past year. So 2023 was a for big sure. year for you because there was a huge shift in that kind of, yeah. you know, thought process. Um, one of the number one questions that we always get um, from athletes and that I like to ask, because let's face mm-hmm. it, Iron Man gets dark. <laughs> yeah, it does. There's negative, there's negative, th- there's negative thoughts that come out no matter who you are. Um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I've done plenty. I've done enough Iron Man's. You could ask, you could ask Daniela Reeve, Fluce, the number one woman in the world. They're going to say the same thing. It gets dark yeah. out there. Um, what is like the top two things that you did for yourself whenever those negative thoughts started to creep in to help, like you said, redirect into positive or productive, you know, execution versus, you know, letting it take control? Yeah. You know, I think the first one is just having a, like, a, I like to call them power statements, but, you know, like a mantra of sorts Same. that, you know, like the, the thing I would tell myself, especially on the bike, because again, that's like, that's the hardest and the darkest place I can go is on my bike. Um, and it was that I'm ready. I'm ready. And my husband gave me, you know, he had had a, a letter written to me for the, leading into this race. And it was, you trained in the mountains and these are hills. And that mm-hmm. was really helpful too of, again, just the visualization of all that. So when things got hard, I let it get hard for a minute. And then I was able to, you know, pull one of those two things. And I was able to just, again, just, I believed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think the other thing too is when I think about, you know, just how dark and hard things were back in Arizona. Again, that was like, just, that was a tough one for me. I immediately would go to this place of like, I can't, I I can't. And it was just like, again, I would sit there and be like, but why, why can't you like, yeah, it hurts. It's supposed to (laughs) like, we've been preparing for this. And so, you know, I used the kind of energy of the people around me as well. So like when it got hard or dark, I would go up to someone or, you know, someone would come up to me and we'd say like, you got this or, you know, whatever encouraging statement was there. Or, you know, you'd use the excitement of the aid station volunteers or the, you know, the spectators, like, but leaning into like, these people are all here to help you get across that finish line. Like they are all so excited for you. And so being able to take again, that like energy. I think, you know, if, if I can get out of myself for just a second where it's like dark and horrible, I will see a volunteer. I will see, you know, someone's riding next to me. I will see whatever it is. And it's like, oh man, like, okay, like we're good. We're good. Yeah. But it took, it took years. It took years to get there, you know, so it's definitely a journey, um, but totally worth it. Yeah, it takes patience and perseverance and a willingness to, like we talked about at the very beginning, it's a choice you have Mm -hmm. to make every single day 
to stand up for yourself and say, no, this is how, this is how I'm going to focus. This is the intention I'm going to put into things today. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And we'll try again because sometimes we do, we fall. Even when it goes perfectly, even when the prep goes great and we're ready, we can still fall. And only the difference is how we get up. Right. Right. Um, Well, I think I learned that a lot over the last like four months of a, you know, just our sessions was leading in all of my comments with a victory. mm -hmm. I really, I can't remember how or where we got there at some point, but it was like, I'd list at least one or two things that didn't suck or that I felt went well. And then I Mm -hmm. found like after that, it was kind of hard to sit there and complain about how terrible it went when it was like, no, here's like two or three things I can actually pull out that weren't horrible. So I feel like that was also accessible, you know, to like put that in perspective too out there where it's like, okay, yeah, this, this is a dark place we just went to, but also like, here's three things that didn't suck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like training yourself to be able to get to that place. It's one of my favorite exercises to give to athletes. And the reason that we got there is because most of your comments and training peaks would always lead with this went bad or this sucked or this did not go well. And I would look at the data and be like, well, this doesn't, that's not true. Um, And so that's how we got there. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted you to do that is because the number one thing that a lot of people struggle to do is to celebrate themselves. And I mean, I'm a own worst offender is is it's easy the first thing we do even when it goes great right the first thing that we want to do is go well my run wasn't fast enough or if if i if i if i hadn't done this then i could have done that like oh maybe i need so i need to start running i need to figure out where my run speed is and my bike speed like that's where our first thought goes mm-hmm. but it's more important first thing that we need to do is learn to celebrate yeah because when we celebrate first then it's easier to actually look at the quote unquote negative or the pieces that we want to fix from a state of curiosity versus mm-hmm. a state of negativity. And as we mentioned, that idea of being curious allows you to look at things from a different light. Um, so that's where that came from. And um, yeah. that's, that's how we got, that's how we got to that. <laughs> For yeah. those of you that <laughs> are wondering, it's because I read, I was reading her comments on training peaks and I was like, no, we just, this, we, there's a shift here because you're actually doing just fine. You're just not yep. seeing it. And sometimes we just have to see it. And that's where yeah. the shift came from. Um, awesome. Oh my gosh. We could talk about all this stuff for like hours and hours, but um, yeah. I will not keep you for hours because I know you have uh, kids and I also have to go swimming. But last that question that I, um, I like to ask everybody is, um, if for someone who is new to the sport, mm-hmm. number one, I, I know we already talked about kind of advice for somebody maybe having a mental challenge that you're similarly having, but when you're new to the sport, it's maybe not always even just a mental challenge, but what would be the number one thing you would advice you'd leave for someone who's new to the sport and wanting to maybe find passion in this, in triathlon? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that stands out is it's gotta be fun. Like if you lose the fun, it gets dark quick. And, you know, for me, it's, it's taken, it's taken time to maintain the fun, I think, because I got so serious and worked myself up, but have fun. Like you're supposed to have fun. It's supposed to be hard, but 
The fun is in the hard. The fun mm-hmm. is in that six hour grind. The fun is in the, you know, the hundred repeats that you're doing in the pool. Like, and it's our definition of fun. Like my friends look at me and they're like, that's not fun. I'm like, well, but it is my, <laughs> it's my fun. It's my fun. Exactly. You know, so I think that would be the biggest thing. Like if you, if you are questioning the passion, if you're like unsure or whatever, like make sure that you're having fun. And if you're not, mm-hmm. then it's not about that you can't do it. It's just, how do we get that? Fun? How do we find the fun again? Yeah. Yep. Maybe that's getting rid of numbers. Maybe that's doing option days. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can find fun within the sport. Maybe it's it's doing a, a sprint try or a relay. You know, For there's sure. a lot of ways that you can find fun within the sport. Um, totally. I think that's a really fabulous. And, it, and it's one that we, you know, I always, I tell every single athlete whenever we have a console before a race, all right, this is, this is, this is my cliche statement to you, but go out there and have some fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the number one thing you can do for yourself because if you have fun, you're going to relax and you're going to do, you're going to do great. So I think that's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, well, yeah, I can't wait for your journey to um, world championships. Nice. I think it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be very exciting. There's a lot. It's, just, it's a great place for you to celebrate you yeah. and all that you've accomplished. And again, find some curiosity and, what can Lauren accomplish? Because I believe you can accomplish a lot. So, um, oh, and I appreciate that. I'm super excited. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with everybody. Yeah. I know that I think I learned something from the conversation. So, I hope you guys learned something as well. Lauren is an amazing, amazing human. And I'm just so honored to get the chance to work with her and see her grow and share her story with you guys. So, um, thank you for thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love it.